You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 211 of PHP Edwards. We are a weekly dose of PHP happiness and goodness. I'm in a positive space right now. This is going to be an awesome show. Thank you for joining us. If you're just listening to the audio stream, we stream every week, Thursday night, starting around 9-ish. Anyone Thomas decides to get the uh, stream going. And uh, the cool thing about uh, participating in the live stream is you see some before show, you see some after show. We also allow audience participation through any of the chat clients on YouTube, Twitch, or Periscope. And then, of course, you can always join us in our PHP Ugly Discord, which has a role I want to talk about this week. But before I get to that, I am your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me are my fellow developers, John Congdon. That was a very good intro so far. And Thomas right up. That was an excellent intro. Good work, Eric. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, we're all about the positivity. We we want to we want to fuel your positivity. Yeah, I had enough negativity tonight. The PHP Ugly Twitter account got a lot of follows. Actually, we got uh, for us, we got a lot of uh new signups for subscribers to our youtube channel thank you harry mack i kind of track now i actually i'm pretty sure we gave harry mack a little bump i'm sure he's looking at his spotify numbers like where what happened last week (laughs) got like six new uh listeners yeah i'm sure sure that's how it went down harry mack i can't can't even tell you how many times i listened to that and it it is i i think it has i had to splice together another version of it to make it like the uh, outro because yeah, I didn't need him like think you know wishing our channel good vibes and everything every show. But uh, I, I I that that one hundred percent is our outro now. I, I love that song. I couldn't get enough of it. I'm pretty sure my wife and kids were done with me. <laughs> my wife kept rolling her eyes because every time we would run into somebody new as we're you know just talking, I would say, "Hey, did you catch this week's show?" And I like show them the video. <laughs> And she's like, you're doing it again? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what do she, you she expect me in... to do? Not show every single person? Exactly. That's so the coolest thing. I loved it. Yeah. Good. Oh, how's everybody's week been so far? Pretty non-eventful. Mm-hmm. John? Very eventful. I hate Thursdays. I mean, I love Thursday nights. I like getting together, talking with you guys, but Thursday mornings, oh my God, they're such a pain in the ass. Am I allowed to say ass? And that, there's a reason. Well, we need to get to that as well, but there's a reason Later. why your Thursday mornings are a little bit more challenging than usual, right? Yeah. So Wednesday night is, is re- release the standard release cycle for phone burner. And I swear every week it's something different. And this <laughs> this morning, it was a combination of a few things from I had released code last week and wanted to, saw some issues with it, but it wasn't critical. And I made comments saying, but I do have a PR that if it goes live, it will break this. Yeah, that PR <laughs> went live. <laughs> I, I forgot to go to the PR and make a, a comment on that saying, do not release this until this other PR is released as well like they had to go together so this was like a to do in your in your pr that said to do mention other pr in pr for this pr yeah 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 something like that it it was more of a i was gonna say it was more of i mentioned it in passing like hey you know there's this issue but it's not critical because we haven't removed this other code but once that code gets removed this is gonna break so we we have some pool i mean We've put things out there in the ether before, and they seem to happen. I'm going to do it one more time. In the event we have somebody at GitHub listening to us, let me pitch an idea to you. And you guys tell me what you think, because I know I run into this frequently. Wouldn't it be cool to be able to flag a PR as a dependency on another PR so that you physically couldn't merge it unless it was... Unless the dependency was was met. Yeah, that would be a good idea. It it would still require me going to the PR. I could have just as easily gone 
and put into the description and added a label like do not merge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And within the comment saying, hey, do not merge until PR XYZ is merged in. Mm-hmm. By the way, they're not letters. They're all numbers. But anyway, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's there. But, yeah, it would be nice to have like an actual you can't merge this until something else gets merged. And I guess the argument could be made that if, if you do have a dependency, why wouldn't you just merge those two to make a new PR? You, why, you why, can. Why, why would you have it's, done that? Yeah. I, go, I go back to I like small PRs when I'm reviewing. I want the PR small. And yeah. if I then merge those together, the person that is reviewing has to trust that nothing else has changed unless they go through every single commit and say, yes, I did sign off on all of these. You know, uh, when again, we're, we're talking very specifically about GitHub. I know people use other solutions out there, uh, GitLab's. Uh, is Bitbucket still a thing? I feel like Bitbucket's still a thing. It is. Yeah. But Git, GitHub has a really cool feature now where um, you can actually check off the files you review. Mm-hmm. And then if the PR is updated, the way we have ours set up is that if I review a PR and I approve it, and I, I kind of make, I try to make it a habit to go in there and check each file I review, if a change is made to that branch, my approval is reverted out. Now, that's something mm-hmm. I think we had to set up. Yeah, my approval gets reverted out. I'm notified again that I have to review it. But if I go to the files, the only files that I see are the changed files. So all my others yeah. are still collapsed because they haven't changed. Yeah, it'll, it'll say this file has changed since your last review. Yeah. And there's, so. there's also some there's some interesting shortcuts within that files page, too. Like, I think it's option click or one of your super keys click will collapse all the files automatically for you or expand them all. Oh, which is, which is handy when you, when you got a PR with hundreds of files and maybe you're looking for a specific one fast or you're like, I can skip all of these because they're all, you know, CSS and I don't care about that personally because I don't review that. So mm-hmm. just some interesting tidbits about GitHub. So I mentioned that I wanted to get back to our discord and uh, if you were in our discord or if you're in our discord, you already know that one of our shows got flagged on YouTube and got marked as uh, not, what was it? Not for children or explicit content or something. And a- I age back, restrictions, oh, age restriction. I went yeah. back and listened to it. And I, so it, the funny thing about it, it's an old show. It's 88, uh, episode right? 88. It's a show that I'm not even in. So <laughs> it couldn't have been too bad. <laughs> And I went back and I kind of, I kind of just kind of cruised through it real fast. I have no idea why that thing got flagged. I'm, I'm, it's so weird. It's so weird. But yeah, you, you two, I can't. It was, probably, it was alone, probably Steve. Clearly. Steve probably went in there and Steve. <laughs> reported it. I don't know if you know this. And, and for for the people who uh, who follow me on Twitter. You should all know I'm a stalker, motherfucker. I will, I will stalk people. I it's true. Got to tip my <laughs> so hat true. to Steve. Um, we did a, or no, I'm sorry, I did an interview with the person um, who's organizing Larabellas, which is a, a user group focused around. Uh, Laravel development specifically for individuals who identify as female. So it's kind of a whole thing. Um, and Steve had actually uh, donated or gifted a um, a code for Laravel Ideas, which is a PHP Storm plugin, uh, to Larabella's. And I, I saw that tweet come in. I'm like, hey, I know Steve. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like us. He did. He did say he listens to us now, and we're we're a tongue in cheek uh, podcast that he listens to. So. Yeah, and I we've gotten that was significantly actually, more likable. Yeah, I thought. I, I thought you know, of all the body parts he could have described us with, tongue in cheek seemed okay. <laughs> I wasn't too upset about it. Well, he didn't say yeah. much cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're coming here looking for like a super serious PHP podcast, you, yeah. You're probably going to be let down. <laughs> yeah, we've got a couple of those in the in the bag, but you'd have to dig to find them. Yeah, we really should. We should flag those <laughs> for like you know, these are these are these are actual podcasts for professionals. <laughs> Oops, all serious. <laughs> 
Uh, but our um, our Discord channel stepped it up this week as well. Uh, somebody in the Discord had shared the fact that they had gotten compromised, and then they shared a link to a YouTube video of what they thought had happened to them. Yes, the um, big bad the news Xbox. Laravel hack. Yeah, and uh, it was cool because everybody, I tell you, man, it always amazes me how smart people are. And, and the Laravel, uh, Jesus, not the Laravel, the PHP Ugly Discord channel is no exception. The, the people who jumped in and started offering feedback on that, it was dynamite. And I think everybody kind of nailed it. It was you know, a few questions were asked, and it's like, I'm not sure this is a Laravel issue as much as a server configuration issue, blah, blah, blah. And to Taylor's credit, I did ping Taylor on Twitter, uh, DM. I didn't want to publicly announce something without letting him know first if, if it was an issue. Uh, but I did ping him on, on DM, and he did reply. And he basically, by that time, we had already kind of figured it out, or, or we are had already had our suspicions. And Taylor kind of said the same thing. He goes, it doesn't look like this is a, this isn't, doesn't appear to be an issue with the Laravel framework. He says, I think they're just using that as kind of a target. It seems to be an issue with the server. And I just so said, yeah, I think we all can so agree. what was happening? Was something being leaked? Yeah. Yes. So yeah, you tell Thomas, you're the security guy. It looks like it was a tool that was just scanning a wide range of domains for poorly hosted .env files, mm-hmm. um, basically having them a directory up from where they should be. So it was, I'm not sure why he was targeting Laravel specifically in the video for this attack, but he was basically just scanning for people's ENVs being publicly available. How would you get to, yeah, that can't be a Laravel thing. Plus Laravel is hosted in the public document route and the ENV file is not in there. So right. you're saying well, Apache was so, configured to allow directory traversal? That That's one way that this can happen. Um, or if you have the ENV package installed on some other thing that you've built. Because ENV is not a Laravel-specific thing. No. It's a it's a package by, I'm sure, Spady. Nah, Who else? There's, there's, there's a few of them out there. Um, but the, the ENV stuff, if you install it incorrectly and don't pay attention, don't know what you're doing, then it can just be in the public directory. So it looks like that's what well, he's scanning for. And his, his demo script runs very, very quickly over mm-hmm. hundreds of domains, which tells me it's not doing anything really intelligent and it's not doing what's called footprinting. It's not checking for validity. It's just launching the attack. And if it succeeds, it's returning the values. He was looking how... specifically for AWS keys or yeah. things like that, like known keys, not just anything. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even remember how he was identifying Laravel apps. Now that I think about it, I just remember that that was I think it was in the title. Um, and I right, think, again, it, it is in the he, title. He, he was he was only targeting if he was targeting Laravel apps. I think it was just because he knew where that .env file was in relation to you know whatever file he was hitting. I assumed I don't know, that, but that video didn't show the actual exploit. Right, it was just. Hey, look! I put in this list of IPs or this list of domains, and I can get AWS keys. And, and, and here, here's my PayPal account. If you send me seventy dollars, I'll do it for you. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty <laughs> oh. much. It was just oh, a commercial. Was <laughs> yeah, uh, I that's that. yeah. And that's that's the other thing is that that's not one of the official like usual ways that that hacks like these are distributed or even advertised. So I get the feeling this was some college student who thought they stumbled across something uh, amazing and didn't yeah. know what to do with it. So, But it was, it, you know, you know, hat off to Taylor for replying. I, I do appreciate that. And hat off to the ugly uh, Discord, man. The guys just, or the individuals just popped in there and it uh, really just kind of helped uh, help this person out. It was It was nice. I enjoyed it. It was cool. Some good conversations going on in there. And what's horrible is that we're rarely a part of them. Like all these great conversations happening, not including us. Yeah. I thought I was, I was summoned to ban a uh, spammer this, this week. And that was the most of my participation. (laughs) Oh, I didn't see that in discord. Yeah. Oh, I missed that one. Cool. Um, you speaking of not being a part of it last week, I'm editing. 
I was so ashamed of this. I'm editing the podcast, and as we know, I had system issues last week, and the system crashed. Hopefully, I can make it through a show this week, and that's not an issue. And it was very questionable what got recorded, what didn't get recorded. Well, there was there was a, a pretty significant amount of conversation that I had with you guys, and uh, you guys were replying to me. I could hear you. I told you my whole screen had frozen by that time, and... I just assumed everything was recording. It was right before the system actually took a hard dump. So in editing it, that audio was lost. So it picked back up when I came back in. And then there was a certain point where it stopped recording. But because I knew the conversation, I could tell that John was responding to me. Oh, you did not. The sad part is, the sad part is (sighs) my, my input was not missed. Like, (laughs) <laughs> like uh. the the show the show flowed perfectly fine without me talking like it was you and John talking and even though you were responding to me it didn't really like it didn't really seem like anything was being missed and so I'm like yeah I'm not even going to try to fill that in <laughs> I just left it out well, <laughs> whatever so, but we we saw that you were frozen we knew you weren't there so we just kind of kept rolling no but there, there was there was a small there, there was a piece of there was a time like when I initially froze, you could still hear me. I could still hear you, and it was still recording. Mm-hmm. At some point, it stopped recording. You could still hear me, and I could still hear you. And then it t- it took a dump, and it, it so completely crashed. So you're saying during that time where we could hear you, that wasn't actually recording? And yeah, it, and, yeah. See, and it wasn't missed. It wasn't missed. It, it just sounded like you were just kind of randomly, you know, putting thoughts out there. I forget. Kind of like we I normally do anyway. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It just seemed it seemed to all flow perfectly fine. Like, oh, <laughs> that's just John. It. He doesn't know how to talk very well. Okay. I had some fun. I had some fun this week with the pipe character. Gotta the love pipe, the pipe. The, the pipe, pipe character. Pipe. The pipe character. Gotta love that. What did you do so, with the pipe character? It's just legacy code. This code is twenty years old, and you know, back then JSON wasn't a standard. It wasn't the way to communicate between two systems. And it's just never been updated. So it was just sending pipe delimited information. I'm going to send, you know, to a microservice type of system. I'm going to send a bunch of information, pipe delimited. And then all of a sudden, one user just couldn't uh, do phone calls. So they asked me, like, can you look into this? It's very weird. Yeah, they put a pipe into their last name. It was a company. And they're like, (laughs) it's this company, pipe something. And it just broke everything for that one user. So <laughs> perfectly so fr- reasonable. So frustrating. So I'm like, oh, if I just change this to a colon, I bet it works. Yep. So well, I- you know, the the industry that I'm in, we get attacked all the time. Um, so our sanitization is just over the top. We have to check for emojis, foreign characters, you know, Unicode, everything. That, so that that brings up another issue that I had this week, and I'm curious. When you're saying you're you're filtering for that, are you are you storing the full data, not necessarily on an attack, but let's say you get legitimate input? Are you filtering and actually changing data, or are you storing it as is in the database? And we filter at the on, request. Filter slash, like, do you reject or do you alter data and then put that into the database? We alter. See, I'm I'm doing that too, and I'm having this pain in the ass issue so months ago there was this big security audit trying to deal with uh, salesforce security and you know they legitimately found some potential loopholes some potential uh sql injection type things so we had already had html purifier in the code base and you know we we hit it with a sledgehammer instead of going in and fixing specific issues we're like let's just use html purifier on all our input. Mm-hmm. The problem is you can't turn off the ampersand change. So in a lot of our data, it changes ampersand to ampersand AMP semicolon, which is a pain in the ass trying to, you know, do searches on or, you know, it displays fine in a browser, but you output it to text. It's messy. You you go to do a search for Johnson and Johnson and it doesn't work because in the database is now AMP. So 
everything I've read is yeah, I don't know. You, you I don't, don't have alter a solution the data. to that. Yeah. Well, the solution is you're not supposed to alter the data on the way in. You're supposed to filter it and reject it if you don't like it That's, or let it in and then escape it on output so it doesn't do anything. That might be some high-minded idea of what you what you should do, but the reality is sanitizing your output everywhere that you could possibly have it is a lot easier or is a lot harder than sanitizing your input the one place where you have it. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I, I agree. And if you're if you're worried about attacks, you know, you're importing data into third party stuff that does reporting and it could screw with your reporting. Or if if it's a JavaScript, if it's a injection type attack and it gets into your intranet instead of where it was supposed to and does damage to your intranet, mm-hmm. it's you know, if you want to store like event sourcing style, if you want to store all of that log data somewhere that never gets read out of unless you're doing another event sourcing sweep through it or whatever, that's one thing. But to store bad data or malicious data is like, it's just a bad idea. Right. Well, I think the point is if it's, you should be checking to see if it's malicious and rejecting it, but not altering what you actually store. And that it's, easier said than done and like i said we we went in there with a sledgehammer. hammer was like we're just gonna do it this way and you know it's costing us now in, in trying to figure out some of these issues really the only issue right now is the ampersand if we could just figure and uh, there's so many posts out there about html purifier and you know them converting ampersands and there's no way to really turn that off so it's just just a pain in the ass yeah, I you know we we focus heavily on engagement with what I'm doing, and we don't want to do anything that would stop engagement. So we don't want to do anything that would prevent a user from just saying, "Well, I'm not going to browse the site anymore." So we modify the data and say, "Like, yeah, this might not be what you meant to say, but you also don't need 300 eggplant emojis." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on a, a a separate topic. I actually was saved by a weird database thing today. What's that? I think one of our member accounts was hacked by someone in Pakistan. And I happened to be looking in Bugsnag. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I see this weird error. And there's like 600 of them. Which, when it comes to the Bugsnag error account, that's a lot for the, the stuff that's in there. So I'm like, crap. Something else was released. I broke something. What happened? So I'm immediately starting to look. And the error message is definitely in code I've written. And I'm like, how is this bad? And I go and look and it's hard to explain, but when you make a call to a a specific contact, you get a record in the database. If you make another call to a different number on that same contact, there's just another record with a, instead of a call number zero, it's now call number one. That call number happens to be a tiny int. So it only goes to 127. So once they got to call 120, well, 129, so they would try to put in 128. It failed. It threw an exception. So I'm like, this is really weird. I thought I thought I broke everybody's stuff. And I'm just like, I'm doing all these queries, trying to figure out what's going on. And I'm like, wait, it's only affected four, we call them dial sessions, four, four sessions in one account. And somebody's like, well, we use full story. Maybe you can look in there. And if you don't know full story, it's actually a great service where it kind of records your users actions through a website. So you can say, this is user one, two, three, four. And then you can go to full story and say, show me all the sessions for one, two, three, four. Went in, pulled nice. this user, se- went in, pulled this user session. You, I could see them going in, could see they were from Pakistan, could see not that there's something wrong with Pakistan. It's just outside the U S which is unusual for this service. And I could see them get into a session and all they're doing is copying and pasting a phone number into a field and hitting dial, and then hitting a button to basically send them spam, and then just constantly doing that. Gotcha. If they had used the product legitimately, they would have got away with it. Like if they would have, you know, done it a a few times, but then moved on to another contact, like maybe do 100 calls per contact, they would have been way different. (laughs) But they had access to the entire person's account. They could have just imported contacts into their system and just legitimately called you know, one phone number per contact. Right. But obviously they were trying to get away with as much as they could, as quick as they could. That's what always bites you in the ass. So full story, if you're listening, you owe some money for advertisement. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. I can't, I can't wait until the, the text and phone call political stuff is over with. I'm getting like yeah. 30 texts a day. I, I respond stop to every single one of them. 
<laughs> like, leave I, me alone. I have Amy, I haven't shared my number. I, I am so I, I so don't use my phone for phone stuff. I just <laughs> use it for it's it's my <laughs> internet device. Like when my phone rings, it freaks me out. It's like what's what's going on? What is that noise? It sounds like a ring. Yeah. Hey, do you guys want to help a help a, a listener that follows us on Twitter? Always. I mean, I don't want to keep taking over the show if you guys have other stuff you want to talk about. But we, we've already established I don't bring enough to the table, so you should just keep talking. <laughs> so, uh, Greg Wilhelm, uh, G Funk Base on Twitter, reached out and was asking about they are now doing work from home and they are accessing their database through a VPN remotely and just asking, you know, about slowness and all that. And I've been through this. I mean, I've, I dealt with that for years and often it comes down to, you feel that your, your database is so crucial to your code and you need the data that's in there and you don't want to have it locally that you you just deal with. I'm going to have a remote connection and then we're all going to use the same data, Mm -hmm. which is great. Great to a point, but it, it does make for very slow local development. Yeah, I, I don't even think it's great to a point. I think it's okay if for some reason you need to check data integrity. I mean, I guess it does get harder with legacy apps because, uh, you know, before, if you don't use some sort of migration system in your application, mm. uh, tables can be getting added, columns can be getting changed. And if if you have no way of pulling that down locally, that can be challenging. Um, well, so I guess not that just, is... Migrations is a big part of it. There are also legacy apps. Again, having dealt with it personally, sometimes your apps are written so tightly coupled to the data in your database that if you don't have mm-hmm. a mere copy of specific data, your entire system breaks. Mm-hmm. So that's what I dealt with for a long time. And we actually, one of our biggest clients has that where, what is it, like a 60 gig development database? Right. I was actually going to talk about that. I mean, we've dealt with this a couple of ways. Uh, for the one client, uh, I think, John, you you might have even introduced them to the concept of migrations. And even though it was a legacy application, uh, you guys settled on a migration package and started introducing migrations, which is good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, to John's point, sometimes there's just such a tight integration there. You can't get around using it. In that case, uh, what we ended up doing is we wrote a script that will grab the latest copy of the database. So the database gets backed up on a regular cycle and uh, the script actually grabs a copy of the database, rips out 95% of the data. So it, it goes from whatever it is, you know, 60 gig down to uh, a, a workable size and then, you know, brings that locally. So the developers still have a local version, but yeah, they do have to remember, Oh, something's not working. It looks like a database issue. Let me refresh my database. And they have to kick this whole script off again. That doesn't, it. it's not a, it's not a quick process. I mean, just downloading yeah. the file is takes some time. So, but, but there's steps for you. You, you start with an actual, you know, grab a copy of your development database and bring it down locally. And if the, the problem with that is, well, we don't want to have a copy of it remotely it's like you've already have access to it if you have access from your Mm -hmm. development machine you might as well have a copy locally personally that's Mm -hmm. whatever then start to start to take the steps of figure out a way to trim down and get rid of the things you don't need try to anonymize the data that is real data if it's real names try to figure out if you can get away with using some sort of package like faker to fake the data as you put it into your development environment, then start to look into migrations. And all I did was created a simple migration that recreated my databases, my database tables that existed today. Well, at that time, put in the required data that was needed to make the system just boot up and run, you know, with a sample user for, to get things going and then make sure that doesn't run in production, obviously. And then just it, use that migra- migration system moving forward. It could also be an indicator that you have some opt- optimization issues. Um, if you're selecting star from your database instead of the fields that you're actually using, or if you're selecting a large number of rows and then in the application filtering it down from there, um, 
you could be tasking MySQL more than you need to or not enough. Um, usually, yeah, if, but if, e- even just that remote connection is going to add quite a bit of latency when you're working to locally compared yeah. to when you're on the same network. Um, there could also be uh, a solution with uh, creating a virtual disk, um, possibly running MySQL as a service locally through a virtual disk or at least over a MySQL client. Uh, I don't know if MySQL is as good at that as, as Oracle is. Uh, this actually wasn't even a MySQL database. It was a DB2 database. So, But yeah, I, I get I, I had actually never even heard of that approach, Thomas. That's weird. Yeah. Well, with, with SSH, you can do a lot of wonderful things oh yeah i love yeah. tunneling if, if what if there's one skill you should learn as a developer and it, it always amazed me when i when my job was operations and i didn't do any development uh professionally like i did scripts here and there for the operations team but i didn't develop applications uh it always amazed me how little the developers knew of operations and how to configure servers, how servers mm-hmm. communicate to one another, all that. So if there's one thing you should know, learn SSH because there's so much you can do with SSH and tunneling is the first thing you can learn. You can tunnel things and it just changes everything. Um, uh, I, but yeah, I they, agree, but they, that's not going to solve this specific issue yeah the, the uh, i was gonna say in the case of greg he, he they're already connecting through a vpn so that actually doesn't address his uh his concern right and and he and, did respond to me on twitter it is a legacy app which i guessed at and it is connecting to 10 different dev databases so yes the recommendation is create 10 databases locally with the bare minimum of data to get your app up and running and go from there. Did you see Buttery's comment in uh, Discord about this? Yeah, and I, I agree. It's it's a very old style of remote development. Yeah. Well, I'll so just reiterate Buttery, it to... Go ahead. So somebody want to read Buttery's comment for the, for the listeners? <laughs> That's what here? I was going to do. <laughs> yeah, connecting to a central dev database is insane. So he says, everyone connecting, it seems insane. How does that even work when you're working on different branches and possibly doing migrations or changing tables? It is insane. I did it for years. It works. You can you can work through those issues, usually as long as you're not touching the tables that other developers are making migrations for in whatever feature you're on. You're not going to run into issues at that point. So it sh- usually doesn't matter when you're working with a central database. Having a central database does have its perks. When you hand the code off to somebody and they're looking at the same feature with the same exact data that you tested with, and they can recreate those those scenarios. It's nice. The fact that the central database is often a mere copy of production, you can be testing with production data, even though it's not a good idea to do. I don't necessarily recommend it, but that's the way it worked for years was the dev database was at some point a snapshot of production. So when a, when a legitimate user said, hey, I'm having this issue, you could actually log into their account in the dev database and have all their same data in case it was some setting they had that you can't figure out or recreate locally because you just it's a big system. Right. Or maybe it's the sheer amount of data that they have that's causing the issues. So there are so many reasons why a central database has its perks, but for day-to-day development, you should be doing it locally with a very slimmed down database. Don't disagree. Good. Well, that, that, that makes for a very boring show. <laughs> okay, how about uh, how about Google getting sued by the Justice Department? Oh, why now? Just out of curiosity. Why not? It's politically motivated. Isn't everything politically motivated? Hey, Thomas, why, why you're why you're putting these uh, just random things out there? Have you gotten your uh, <laughs> Firefox scene working yet? It would be nice to share Firefox with people. Uh, I do have. Nope, that's oh boy, that's going to crash my computer. No, okay, don't do it then. Don't don't nope, do it. <laughs> it's doing it. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh god! Oh no! You you frozen? What is? Are you uh, are you on your Linux system? Are no, I'm. I'm I'm on my uh, Windows machine. Windows. Uh, uh, all right, you're back. Right, uh, no, I don't have back, my so. I don't have Firefox on here right now. I don't even know why it's not working. Why? What is it you would like to share? Uh, just uh, the, whatever article you're about to talk talk about. I was going to s- suggest putting it up there for the people who are watching, so they don't have to look at 
Or oh my gosh. Hang on. Before you go there, uh, in Discord, Yasha N is talking about working on a central system to the point where only one person at a time can be using Xdebug. I'm assuming they have to log into the server and change. Actually, why Why is that, Yasha? You, I, yeah. you should be able to use the remote connect back uh, remote connect back feature of Xdebug so it can connect back to you specifically, yeah. not hard code an IP address in there. So he's on a delay, so it's going to take him a little while to respond. Right. To just so just some, something to look into. If if that's the reason, if you're logging in and changing the the remote host to your IP address, try looking at the remote connect back. Mm-hmm. Also, it's yeah. Xdebug, which is impossible to use. What are you talking about? Xdebug is awesome. I constantly have problems with it. Then you're doing it wrong. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm always calling John like, hey, uh, I got this new project. Can you help me with my Xdebug configuration? Uh. <clears throat> so but Yeah, I do love it. Okay. Google abuses its monopoly by power over search. Just so this is the whole they're suppressing the the right wing. Is uh, that so what this is going to be about? If that's the motivation. That in a lawsuit. It, this they're not convicted. It's a lawsuit which you can say anything you want. Well, so the DOJ says that Google is using its massive power to force uh, Google. To be the default search for Android and for Chrome and to force Chrome onto users and that kind of stuff. And that they're cutting deals with other companies to do revenue sharing, which is pushing out uh, smaller, quote unquote, search engines like Bing. It's Windows IE all over again, isn't it? It is. Mm -hmm. It's, It's really the same complaint. My issue was that Google's response was, was they're not forcing its anyone into any position um they they have no problem sharing the search space with anybody and that if this lawsuit goes through then it makes finding quality search results more difficult for the consumer which is a kind of a weird way of saying we're not doing any harm but if you stop us then it will do harm like Hmm. not that i disagree with them uh you know you don't want all your new phones coming with the the Xiaomi default search engine. <laughs> this is true. Speaking of Google, uh, a couple a couple points with Google. John, this is a constant irritation between with John and I, but uh, not against each other. I think we kind of agree with it. But did you see? Did you get the the notification that Google is doing away with Hangouts? as a messaging platform now and not forcing you over to any of their other messaging platforms like chat or what's the other one? The um, duo video one duo. duo. No, no, they're, 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 they're making you use yet another messaging platform called messages, which now is already a thing from Facebook and from uh, iPhone is iPhone messages or is that messaging? I think, I don't know. They're I all think you might be now. mistaken on this. Well, I have a link here you can click on if I if I am mistaken. So I'm currently and... running Google Messages. Oh, is is it a thing now? Yeah. Messages it, it... for web is the SMS client. Well, th- so this is going to become the chat client. And what, what d- did look promising is uh, if you use Hangouts, to use Hangouts on your computer, you have to have it. Well, there there were a couple of workarounds, but basically you had to have, have to have a Gmail tab open, and you could use messaging in there. And if you watch the video that they have now, it looks like they're going to have a standalone messaging app. Nope. Finally, a proper I, messaging app. Nope, I have Hangouts as a separate thing on my computer. No, you have it as a Chrome extension. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's not, not a separate you have to app. Have, right. You have to have Chrome open for that to work. Messages put electron does not even, around it. <clears throat> Messages does not have that. Messages is still just in browser. I I was looking today for a download and there isn't one. Well, yeah, and because there, messages for web is connects to your phone when it's on Wi-Fi and sends text messages through your browser. It's but, a, it's an SMS see, thing. I, I I get my text messages through Hangout, which I like. Which I, I'm actually okay if if my messaging service and text messaging all move to this messages, it's fine. It just seems goofy. Google can't seem to figure out what messaging solution they want. Oh, I have a download link here, John. 
I'm just very yeah. confused because just I don't get hangouts own. through. Yeah, I see that. I don't <laughs> yeah. get SMS through hangouts at all. What? Well, then you're doing it wrong. Well, you don't have Google Voice then. That's very true. Yeah. Oh, so is, yeah. That how, is that how we do it? Yeah. So, so oh, hangouts, hangouts was my SMS app, and I'm probably going to move back to it because messages is only SMS where hangouts is SMS and more. But... But like I said, I just got an email today saying that Hangouts is going away and your your uh, messaging is going to move to Messages. I thought Messages was a whole new thing. No, I've been using it for years. Google mm. is crazy with all their, like, we're going to sunset this and sunset that. Mm-hmm. What a, what yep, a pain. That's... Well, and they say that they're not going to sunset Stadia, which is their gaming platform, which is crashing miserably. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm. 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 Uh, I'm just now realizing I can have this on my um, freaking browser now. So this is. Uh, this leads me into another good example. I've. I think I've switched back to Chrome. Like this week, I think I've switched back to Chrome. Um, with my with my transition over to the Linux desktop, it was hard because they actually built a bunch of built-in functionality with Firefox. So. If I'm if I'm watching a YouTube video on Firefox, I have this global menu on my desktop I could go to and pause the video and things like that. And I've been using Firefox, I don't know, for I feel like a couple of years now. Maybe it hasn't been that long, but it feels like I've been using it for a while. And um, I, I kind of started to fall out of love with it when they let go a prominent PHP developer who was working for Mozilla. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, I don't feel like I need to support them for that. But I, I was still kind of trying to support their message. Um, so I, I continue to use it. But with my move over to Linux, <sighs> Chrome has this awesome integration that basically any web page you can turn into an application. And the application has its own um, icon. It it creates a uh, – it, it you know, I can search for that particular ap- application. So, so the example I have is one of the applications that I didn't have a default install for was Notion, which is a um, uh, documentation app that I use. It's kind of like Evernote, uh, sort of like Evernote, but it's like this integrated database thing. Um, and I use it to run our, our weekly standups, our weekly meetings. So it's it's one of those applications that even on the Mac, it was just an Electron app. It was... I, I saw no difference between the application and the web page. So I open up the web page in Chrome and I say, hey, make this an application. And it does that. And now I can just launch Notion without launching the Chrome browser. But but you do. The Chrome browser is still launched. It just isn't evident. So I, I've ha- I have had a couple applications like that um, that I've switched over to this Chrome application. And then... Just like yesterday, I'm like, why am I using Firefox when like I have this this split world I'm living in? And so I just stopped. I, I stopped yesterday using Firefox, and I think I'm back on Chrome. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. You're not. You never stick with anything. Yeah, let's, we both know you're not. I don't. I don't. I'm surprised you've been with Diego Dev this long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I need true. a change. But, but, but you own the company. I do. Uh, can I go somewhere else? <laughs> so it's that it's that time of night where we haven't lost everybody's attention yet, and we haven't completely trailed off. So we want to thank our patrons. Thank oh my you, gosh, you ch- you changed the list. It's the updated. Li- yes, the list yep. is updated. People uh, uh, people specifically requested that they be removed. <laughs> we won't call them out by name. Yasha, <laughs> Yasha, Yasha. No Hope longer you, want my name hope. associated with funding this endeavor. <laughs> hope he helped you with your old problem in Discord. <laughs> Somebody had brought my brought to my attention. I had forgot. I had forgotten when I set uh, Patreon up that um, I had there was there was supposed to be a Patreon channel in our Discord that only Patreon members got into. And then they were also supposed to get a role attached to them as well so people knew they were Patreons. And uh, one of the Patreons reached out to me and said, hey, I didn't get my role assigned to me. I'm like, huh. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And I went and looked. I'm like, oh, yeah, none of that's set up anymore. <laughs> so, uh, but, I, need to, I, I need to go set all that up. Buttery, I just asked about that in our private uh, Slack channel. <laughs> It's it's sorted by uh, by how long you've been with us. It's, it's a it's a place of honor, buttery. 
It's a place of honor. You should uh, <laughs> what, what buttery. Matter of fact, you should just make Buttery's uh, font just a little bigger than everybody else. Let's just let them know uh, you're doing doing a good job there, Thomas. There we go. There you go. Sort all of that out. <laughs> nice. Oh, <sucks>. nice. <laughs> Buttery, I'm on your side here. <laughs> Uh, our uh, Discord. We we have a request for what our Discord URL is. Um, uh, if you're watching the stream, it is in the stream. Um, it's uh, discord.gg slash capital B, capital M, capital V, six, it, uh, capital X, DT. Let me, let me just post it, please. Po- post <laughs> it, and can we, can we change that to a, a Diego dev URL? Diego.dev slash Discord. We have that uh, domain. And then and then just do a C name or something. Yeah, just, no, that. just do a no, just do a redirect over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good idea. I, I actually used to have that for. Uh, I used to have that for YouTube. I think I think if you go to YouTube or yt. it might still do that. I don't, I'm not sure. Here is the Discord coming in hot in all the chat channels. Wow, that did not. That did not go well. YouTube, what are you doing here? YouTube has to attach its freaking... All right, let me try that again. Let me try that again. If if it makes you feel any better, only one person was asking, and they got into the Discord, so... Oh, Risky Banana! Welcome to Discord, Risky Banana. Nice. Good to see you. Uh, We could pay for Discord and actually get our PHP Ugly uh, domain back as well. Somebody had gifted that to us when we first started Discord. Our our invite used to be discord.gg slash php ugly. And then I guess that was only good for like three months or something and it ran out. I don't know. I don't know how we got it, but it doesn't it seems like not worth like paying for. So is Discord like a paid jobs, service? I, I didn't know that. There's paid tiers. So you can pay for a tier where you can customize your invite links. You you get like extra stickers and stuff. I mean things that you know our, our 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 people aren't really interested in. We just we're geeks, right? We just want to geek. But the only thing I'm interested in is the custom URL, so which we can create I'll, and just I'll, redirect I'll, people to. Exactly. We'll we'll create a custom URL that redirects. Matter of fact, I think I can do it. Do that live. Let's see. We we can test that while you guys are talking about this next thing. Well, I'm going to have trouble talking about it because I haven't watched the latest fireside chat from uh, Taylor. Oh right. So this is kind of cool. Um, Taylor has been, Taylor Otwell, uh, the creator of Laravel has been kind of taking, doing these fireside chats and, uh, he did one a couple weeks ago. He, I think he, he. He, he kind of did it out of frustration. Uh, sort of, yeah, it was sort of an whole, emergency fireside chat. Yeah, this this is we brought it up on the show about him talking uh, the whole echo chamber Laravel elite sort of uh, topic. We kind of touched on that, but you know, with we've been dealing with this pandemic for so long, and user groups have all but kind of died off. And there's a couple of you know virtual user groups. I know the the guys up in Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver PHP still holds a virtual user group. Occasionally, there's a few user groups on the East Coast that will get together and hold a PHP user group. There's this new global Laravel user group that, eh, it, it, for me, it's it, it's a time issue. I I don't particularly ever, ever jump on it. But I, I think Taylor has now taken to spending about an hour, half hour, an hour, just doing like these little fireside chats where he, he just pops on YouTube and people start asking questions and he does he i I watched this latest one and you know it's really just him fielding a lot of the questions that are like bouncing around out there that people don't know where to go to or who to talk to to get good answers for anymore and some of them are very routine questions like hey you know is laravel good enough to run you know, in the enterprise, you know, that, that typical sort of questions are for, I'll business. field this one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he takes Steve, the time. And Steve, can you them. pause for a it, second or just mute us <laughs> and then come back in like two minutes <laughs> or 10. And then, uh, he, he, then of course you can always tell the, the more serious Laravel developers who, who have some deeper questions. And so it's good. It's been good. I think it's been good. Uh, to kind of get that feedback loop narrowed down a little bit. I hope he continues doing this. Uh, I think, I think the the ecosystem out there kind of enjoys it. And <laughs> what's happening? Do I need do I need to stretch a little longer here, Thomas? There you go. <laughs> uh, 
I, I can tell you that the more I use Laravel, the more I kind of get a little, I get annoyed by some things. And that's just me and personally. Although I did write a bunch of tests uh, this week and it's all feature tests. So it's all hitting the web server, which is great. It, it's letting me test things that haven't been tested before, but it's not quite the same testing I'm used to doing. But I can't figure out how to do that because of facades and some other issues. And I'm just not that good of a Laravel, de- <clears throat> Laravel developer right now. Excuse me. Yeah, and that really is like a full-on course from uh, uh, J-Way. But even there, I, I'm not finding all the information I want. I went looking and wasn't able to, to figure it out. Well, I'm not sure what you're looking for, but maybe you can let me know. I don't know. I might be able to help. Do you, do you mm-hmm. unit test with... Uh, do you unit John, test I'm busy. I'm making things happen here. <laughs> Yeah, and you can't. Get off my uh, back. I can't. I can't help you with that. I can help Eric with his his uh, pagination issues, but I I can't help with testing, unfortunately. You did help me now. What, Thomas did help me with a pagination issue today, and I I am actually very curious whether or not was that like a complete like shot in the dark for you? Did you just guess that or no? We use that. Or, the appends oh. functionality, which adds to the uh, get query. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even know that was a thing, man. I, I was so happy you had turned me on to that because that was exactly it adds what to I the get query. Well, yeah. So when you're doing pagination, uh, it assumes that the page you're on is the full URL minus the rest of the query string. So if you want to paginate something that needs that query string, then you have to pass it in. Um, and Laravel at some point introduced a with query uh, method. So anything in the query gets passed through for pagination. But uh, we've been using appends, which allows for passing specific get variables through. <laughs> so what is the get? The get isn't on the database query. It's What is it on? The the request on the but yeah, so the get variable already in the request it I'm is confused. but when you do pagination it strips it out for the link for the links at the bottom of the page right so when you do pagination it 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 gives you the number of results that you asked for for the pagination so in, in my particular case that's exactly what i wanted a person to be able to pass i wanted them to be able to pass how many results they wanted per page with a maximum set at like 500 and so you could, in, in your Git request, it, it was an API endpoint. It was all Git requests. In your Git request, in your initial Git request, you could pass per page equals 100. Mm-hmm. Then the Laravel pagination system would say, okay, give me the first 100, uh, 100 results and then create a link to page two. So that's how that's how that's the naming convention it uses. It does it by page. But what it wasn't doing, it, it wasn't saying, give me page two. The next hundred results. Gotcha. Right. So okay. uh, with Thomas's append command, it it added that it just said, "Okay, pass. You know, keep the per page count as part of that link, as part of that next link thing." So it worked out really well. I do appreciate that. Of course, I just googled it. <laughs> well, I let me Google that for you. I know. I, I felt like an idiot because I. I spent a good amount of time Googling and I don't know if I was asking the wrong question or, or what the hell is going on, but I, it's, I, wasn't finding it. I knew exactly what I was you. looking for just because I've dealt with it so many times before. So yeah, it was, it was an educated Google. So how is your, have you finished your migration, John, to Laravel 8? Pretty much. I got, it's running on Laravel 8 just fine. I've got new migrations and just because I didn't have, Actually, I got new seeds. I didn't have all the data I needed prior. I had migrations for new stuff that I've created since putting it into Laravel. So mm-hmm. I created an initial migration to create all the tables that had already existed. I created seeders to give me the bare minimum data I needed just to, for my testing so that I could get tests running in CI. Uh, I am testing all the endpoints. And luckily, I was able to use Logly actually AWS CloudWatch to go see all the the web requests that were coming in and then basically filter out, okay, I've tested this endpoint. Let me filter that out and slowly work down and got probably 15 different routes. Again, it's a small microservice, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. So, yep, I got it all done. Actually, I think there's one more route that isn't actively used that I need to 
just put tests around just so I have them uh, and then figure out some sort of testing scheme before pushing it to production. Well, then you'll love today's good news. Laravel 8, Laravel 8.11 came out. That's, I mean, it's Thursday. You, you act like it's like, like we're supposed to be shocked. It's every Thursday, man. Get your head around that. I know. I just, I, I don't like it. I'm not happy with it. <laughs> Well, you 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 just recently updated to a Laravel. You just migrated to Laravel eight two, didn't you, Thomas? Yes. Are you done with yours? I am done with mine. Um, it took a long time because of dependency hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you and- spent a lot of time with the with the. Uh- Webpack move, right? Wasn't that one of your that was that was challenges? not related. Oh, that was a separate okay. ticket started a year ago. Gotcha, gotcha. But that ticket was required to be finished and merged in order to make the eight upgrade. So I had gotcha. to had to finish that one and force it into production. But it's all worked out now. Uh, you know, we get surprisingly few hits on bug snag for as many hits we get on the website interesting okay i think i got this i'm gonna get i'm gonna call it i'm gonna call it discord i'm gonna call it discord.phpagly.com let's see if that works for us that's not gonna work hold on one second (laughs) everybody can try it everybody can try it let me see i think i found our dns here um add record okay so now if you go to discord.phpagly.com it might go to our discord channel i don't know if i know what i'm doing it'll work uh, I'm not saying anything. Getting, you're not seeing anything? I'm getting a 404. Discord.phpugly. Discord. Why are we doing this live? Yeah, that's oh, a 404. Because this, it is a 404. Why is that? That should be a C name. Hmm. Ah! Well, why do you think it's wrong? Because Eric Eric doesn't doesn't spell things correctly the first time around? It's yeah, possible. that's probably why. That, Never. That sounds correct. Let me try that It's got again. that 24-hour propagation on it now, though, so you're stuck. No, no, that's not true, because it, it was a 404 error, so... Plus it, was say, hey. a, plus, it was the wrong domain name. You're, you're going to create a new domain. Yeah, <laughs> Discord. Now, now, now see if it works. Does it work now? now I think you're right. I think, I think, it, is, uh, I think it is caching. <laughs> it can't cache. It's got the wrong... It was spelled wrong. You can't no, cache that. No, what what you what you typed in was right. Discord.php oh, was right. Yeah. So that that uh let me So another, check back with us uh, later. You can flush the cache. Yeah, it's not going seeing, to. Uh, you can't just flush DNS cache for other people. Yeah, you can. You can you can actually flush uh Google's DNS cache. You can put in a request to have it flushed. Yep. It's a that, thing, man. That is true. I don't know what I the did wrong of, there. I'm pretty sure the that's number right. of hotfix PRs I opened today. Holy cow! This is wrong. I wonder if I have to take that out. Maybe that. Oh, I wonder if I can not go to. Well, that's not right either. <laughs> who, who handles our, our, our freaking DNS, man? For Christ's sakes! Uh, all right, fix that. Well, all as right. you can tell, sounds like we're winding down. We are. We're, we're we are winding off. down hard. You're. 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 you're never mind. <laughs> Let's <laughs> try to get us get us banned on YouTube. All right. Yeah. Does that count as That's a strike, it. or did we just get recategorized? We're just not safe I think, for children. I, I, yeah, they just added an age restriction on that one show. And again, I have I, I couldn't even figure out why it was. So whatever. That it was like a like a three year old show. I mean, it was show eighty eight. So you know, sec- year two of what? What are we on now? Four, five, six. I, we figure this out every now and then. But all well, right, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We're on show two hundred and eleven, and it's done. It's in the book. Feel free to hang out for a little while. You're gonna get jammy. We're gonna get down with the new PHP Ugly anthem oh, right yeah. after this. Thanks for listening. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas because he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, 
which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me. Shouts out to PHP, the ugly. It's called ugly, cause it's not professional. But I'm about to come through and bless it with style. So let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room. Yo, the segment of the show is called Doom and Gloom. That came from Thomas. Yeah, can nobody go beyond this? I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise. Yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish. We talking about the PHP, the programming language. About to break it down, no exaggeration. What do y'all do for a living? Web applications. Okay, I can dig it. My words spray tight. Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights. Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude. I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube. So let's get it. You know my lyrics are major. All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing. Keep it ugly. We ending every show with the saying it's lovely. Let's go. Yeah. Come on.